The only podcast that'll burn your house down. This is Bombers. Hi, welcome to Bombers. I'm Bomber number five, Anthony, a.k.a. Deg. Joined by wonderful bomber number three, Zyber, aka Zyber. How you doing this week? Yep. I'm doing great. You know me, this smoke to Dag's fire. The Zyber. Are you the smoke to my fire, or am I the smoke to your fire, or do we just burn together? It's one of those it's things. one of those three. Let us... At least. Let us know which one you think is the fire, because now I'm curious, of the two of us, who would you call the fire and who would you call the smoke? That's that's a fun it's like, question. It's like a thunder and lightning. Fire and thunder. smoke. Thunder. the thunder. That's a... All right, moving on from that. Yeah, that's a, a song, right? I don't know. Uh, you want to move on? Okay, drinks and foods. I have a drinks and foods, Zyber. Are you excited for this? It is. No. You're not? Come on, drinks and foods is great. This is everyone's favorite part of the podcast, drinks and foods. Debatable. I have here Fentiman's Botanically Brewed Traditional Curiosity Cola, a traditional botanical cola beverage with herbal extracts. Exquisitely crafted, served chilled. So it's been in the refrigerator to chilled. The ingredients for this, Zyber, are carbonated water, fermented ginger root extract, water, glucose syrup, ginger root, pear juice, concentrate, and yeast, beet sugar, Caramel color, natural flavors, phosphoric acid, and caffeine. So it's a ginger beer? Apparently it's a ginger beer, I guess. It, it, I'm definitely no longer interested. I mean, it, it, it looks like a cola, not a ginger ale or ginger beer. It is dark and brown and... the, the Yeah, that's because of the caramel, the caramel color, color in there. Uh, it has 90, calor- 90 calories in this 9.3 fluid ounce or 275 milliliter bottle. And I'm going to try it. it. Yeah, it looks like medicine. Probably will not taste like medicine. Well, you know, a bunch of the sodas and, and, and all that kind of stuff way back, because this was established in 1905, and a lot of these things started as like medicinal snake oil crap, basically. Ooh. So you're saying that there's cocaine in it? Well, probably not this bottle. It smells... It kind of smells a little bit like Coke or like a um, Falernum, which is a type of gingery liquor. Um, I like the smell of it. There's like a cinnamoniness ginger to it. Yeah, because of the ginger. Hmm. Hmm. Taste another sip. It's not bad, but it is a much weaker flavor than I expected out of it. It's very mild. It like it doesn't have a heavy forward ginger burn to it or anything. It doesn't have a heavy spice burn to it. It's not like a spiced soda. It's a botanical soda. So it is very... Well, you know, in 1905 or whatever, that probably was extremely spicy to people. Probably. Like, it's not overly spicy. It's not overly sweet. It it It's kind of underwhelming, if I'm being perfectly honest. 
Gotta remember that peasant from the medieval ages would go insane from the, just from the extreme flavor of Doritos. I mean, they'd go insane just from the bubbles that are in this thing, probably. <laughs> probably. I'd just be like, hey, look, you want to try some of my sparkling ice orange mango water? And it'd be all like, what? <laughs> I understood all of those words separately, except mango. So which which uh, pike do we burn this witch at? Yeah. I mean, it's not bad. It's just not what I expected. Um, there is that, like, um, cassia-esque flavor that you get out of, like, a root beer or a, a birch beer. Um, it has a little bit of that ginger idea to it. It's just sort of, this is like the, um, oh, what's that not good stuff? Ginger no, beer? No, uh, like, um. Oh, if you held uh, the 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 sparkling water, that's oh, LaCroix? yeah, that's it. It's like the it's Lacroix except for soda instead of for for water. Well, I mean, so far the only difference between soda and water I can tell is the syrup. Again, it's not bad. It's just underwhelming. I give this a solid like probably like two or uh, uh, let's go with three probably three out of five like again not bad just not special well look at you being unable to have an opinion just guys stick with the three yeah i'm gonna go with three <laughs> you know what else is three out of five zyber well our next segment that you host All right, well, it is time for everyone's favorite segment of the show, Bombastic News. Um, yep. Nothing to add here. Go to our website, thisisbombers.com. Uh, Check out our YouTube. There was a Minecraft video added recently. Yeah. Yeah, go check that out. They killed someone. We killed someone. I killed someone. Yeah, and you'll, as you know, if you die in the game, you die in real life. If only that were true. Wait, what? Uh, also, go to our Twitch, where you could have seen him live kill someone in Minecraft. <laughs> yep. Go to our Discord, where you can talk about how he killed someone in Minecraft with other people who were also there. That's what they did. Go to our Patreon, if you would like to give us more money to kill more people in Minecraft. Uh, I would like to clarify that we are not in any way a hired assassin service. Speaks for yourself. Uh, now I'm worried. Shoutouts to our current best friend, Rob, for giving us money for possibly killing people in Minecraft. That's not what it's for. And our friends, Haley, Aaron, and Reaper. Same thing, ditto. They and our acquaintances. Our acquaintances definitely did. Yeah, for sure the acquaintances did. But they're anonymous. Uh, now for everyone's favorite part of the show... The upcoming releases. Zyber, we've got a bunch of them for this upcoming week. Are you ready for this? We have eight. Did you count? Because I didn't. I forgot how. No, I just looked at the amount and eight popped up in my head. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Well, uh, on the 18th, Tuesday, tomorrow, the 18th, we have three games coming out. There is A Plague Tale Requiem coming to the PlayStation 5. Sexbox, Switch, and PC. This is the sequel to A Plague Tale. Uh, I know that best friend of the show, Rob, very much enjoyed that game. 
That's the game of all the rats. Yes, that's the rat game. The rat game. Uh, far across the sea, an island calls embark on a heart-rending journey into a brutal, breathtaking world twisted by supernatural forces. That's your tagline. Uh, rated M for mature, blood and gore, strong language, violence. Uh, so it just continues the story from the first one, which was a fun narrative thing, according to I never played it. Me neither, so. But it looks promising. If Rob likes it, it's probably a good game. Yeah, Rob's not too bad. At uh, deciding things. He likes us. Yeah. So, you know. Well, that was, that was one of the mistakes he's made. A, a rare mistake from Rob. Uh, we've also got, coming out tomorrow, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed for the PlayStation 4 and 5, the Sexbox, Xbox One, and the PC, specifically the Epic Games Store. So, you know, grain of salt with that. Uh, hunting or haunting, the choice is yours in the upcoming asymmetrical Ghostbusters game from Ilphonic. Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed has you play with up to four friends or solo on multiple platforms. Nice. Yeah, I gotta say, I am not upset by the amount of asymmetrical games coming out. I think it's a fun genre of gameplay that... I'm fine with more games, you know, getting into. Yeah, as long as they mess around with the way that the isometric, like, I don't want a whole bunch of DBD clones. I, I like whenever they have asymmetrical with their own formula, with their own takes on it, which this looks... I mean, this one is different enough just because you're not just trying to fix things. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. This looks like a good take on it. You have your four Ghostbuster teams, your team of four Ghostbusters, who are attempting to hunt the ghost, which I think is a fun twist because normally it's some the one team member is hunting the other four, uh, like in a, in a DVD or in the Dragon Ball game that we talked about last week. This flips it on its head, and I, I think that, that sounds fun. Yeah, it reminds me of like the first asymmetrical game I can think of, the Luigi's Mansion minigame in uh, the... Nintendo World? Oh, yeah, the no, Nintendo, Nintendo World one. I remember that one. Well, I, oh, yeah, it's Nintendo World. Okay. I was thinking of, when I think asymmetrical, the first one that comes to my head is Left 4 Dead 2 with the survivors versus infected mode. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't know about that mode. It's fun. It's neat. Um, so, yeah, and and it's, an, it's another Ghostbusters game, and Ghostbusters is good. So, there you go. Yeah. Not asymmetrical is the last game coming out tomorrow. Them's Fighting Herds. For it is getting its PlayStation 4 and 5, Sexbox, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch release. It has been available on PC for many years. Cyber, this is essentially the My Little Pony, My Little Pony. fighting game. Uh, it is not My Little Pony because of the rights, but it is made by a lot of the same author or um, artists. That is, um, has the the involvement of like Tara Strong, who is one of the voice actress for uh, Twilight Sparkle in Friendship Is Magic. And fun fact, I backed this game on Indiegogo way back when it was first uh, starting. So I have a copy of this, have a bunch of the early backer rewards and stuff, and still have yet to ever play it. It is installed on my computer. I have never launched it. It very, definitely looks very colorful and whimsical. Yep. 
So it, it reminds me, at least as far as the actual visuals of uh, something along the lines of like Melty Blood or or something like that, with the way that the uh, 2D animation animated like uh, characters move around very fluidly, and and it it looks good. Like the animations are smooth and fun to look at. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, like, if you're into fighting games, maybe, maybe try it out. If you're into My Little Pony, I guess you can try it out. Yeah, there's probably not the many other My Little Pony stuff to get into. Not anymore. Uh, sort of that uh, little craze sort of faded away after Friendship is Magic ended. Well, they had that Netflix movie that's like generations afterward or something and there's a whole new series that's running apparently but we hear nothing about it because nobody cares anymore unfortunately or fortunately who knows well, it's, it's not like i heard much about the original friendship just magic well i was i was into it back in the day yeah i could guess since you backed this game yeah um october 20th that is this coming thursday here's something that's probably more up your alley cyber it is Mario plus Rabbids Spark of Hope for the Nintendo Switch, the sequel to the Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle, which is basically what if Mario plus the Rabbids from uh, originally Rayman, but they've spun off into their own thing, uh, were involved in an XCOM game. That's exactly it. If you don't remember, this the original game was ridiculed and... Everyone thought it was going to be a disaster, and then it turned out that it, uh, actually... It's really good. It was a good game. Yeah. I, did. I eventually got it. I never finished it, mostly because, I mean, it is pretty linear, and it's it's basically like mission level-based, except that you still have to walk to the areas to start the next battle. And so, like, you know, it's one of those things that, like, it it's probably would have been fine if I just played every now and then, but I had a... I think I had a physical copy, and it was just like, oh, I want to, I want to play something else right now, and and then you know, you never put the physical copy back in the Switch. I ended up actually picking it up on a like Christmas sale or something like that uh, on the eShop, so I have the digital version of it. And even then, I don't launch it a whole bunch, but it is it is really fun. It's really good. I'm pretty sure Rob entirely beat it. So again, this is the Rob episode of things that Rob likes, apparently. Yeah, so something different with the sequel is that it's no longer where you have to tell a person to move somewhere and then fight. You can like just actually have them move around and stuff instead. So that could, you know, streamline things, make it better. I, I'm not sure, actually, but... Shake up the uh, overall, like, flow of the gameplay, at least. Yeah. We also have, coming out on this Thursday, the Jackbox Party Pack 9. Coming, Heck yeah! Coming to PlayStation 4 and 5, Sexbox, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, PC, and mobile. So that's what we're playing for Community Night that's, next week, right? I hope that's what we're playing for Community Night ne next week, because I plan to buy it. Uh, the games awesome. in this party pack, are you ready for this? We have Fibbage 4 for 2-8 to eight players. At this point... You should know what Fibbage is. This is the fourth one that they've had in these party packs. Why do your friends... Although it's been a very long time since the third one it came has out, been. so this is... It's good that this is coming out. Uh, we've got Quicksort. 
for 1 to 10 players, this is a trivia sorting factory. Work with your team to sort falling answers into their proper order before they hit the floor. Or play single player mode and see how many blocks you can sort before topping out. It's as easy as ACB. It's basically a trivia game mixed with Tetris. Oh, oh gosh. I just made noises. Continue, because that sounds awesome. It does sound awesome. We have Junktopia for three to eight players. A strange wizard has turned you into a frog. Create Very adorable frog. They're cool looking frogs. I love it. Create hilarious backstories for weird objects, and then get them appraised. The player with the most valuable items becomes human again. What if I want to stay as a frog? Because it doesn't look like a bad... Well, then you could purposely come up with bad backstories, I guess. Or by the end of it, I say, no, 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 I threw because I liked being a frog. Yes, that, that's what you that's do. That's what I will do for sure. Oh, that's a weird monkey. Nonsensory for three to eight players. Professor Nanners is here to test your NSP, or nonsensory perception, in this drawing, writing, and guessing game. How close can you get to guessing where another player's prompt ranks on the silliest of scales? So I'm kind of curious, this, I mean, we've got to have our drawing games. I'm kind of curious how this one yeah. will actually play out, what the prompts will be, how the voting works. So we'll, we'll have to give that one a try. And then finally, Rumorang for four to nine players. Channel your inner reality TV star in an attempt to come out on top. Respond to prompts, bring the competition, and roleplay to avoid being voted out. Never fear, though. Even when you're out, you'll find yourself Rumoranged right back into the drama. That could be either really good or really bad. That's the one that has me the most worried, because it seems like a fun concept that they could potentially ruin. So I'm excited to try, honestly, every single one of these games in this party pack. I bet rumoring is probably just based on who you're playing with. Uh, yeah. On if it's good or not. Certainly. I'll, that happens sometimes in these Jackbox packs. You get those. Um, yeah, for... 10% off right now uh, as a pre-purchase thing for anyone interested in getting it. Yep, that reminds me to grab it right now, actually. Purchase for myself. <laughs> then we have October 21st, this Friday. There are three games coming out then as well. It is Gotham Knights for the PlayStation oh. 5, Series Xbox, and Computer. This is Haley super excited for it. I would be way more excited for it if I knew that we could play couch co-op, but we can't. Yeah, I we, very we sad. can't play online co-op either because we don't have two PS5s. You have a, you can get a, you can play one on PC and one on PS5. This is there is not there is no crossplay. Oh, what? I was yep. I checked that too. <laughs> That's really lame. Uh, th this does look. I mean, the Arkham games were pretty good when they started, because this is essentially along the, the lines of that series. Um, like It is, yeah, it is separate from the Arkham universe, but, like, you know, it it finally involves the Robins and, and Batgirl, so well, giving us something besides Batman to do. Well, with. it's, um, it is Nightwing, Robin, Batgirl, and Red Hood specifically yeah the so the robins and batgirl yeah so basically just yeah what you said you're fair enough uh <laughs> but it, it looks interesting um because they're they're starting it off 
literally the first line of the promo is, Batman is dead. So, yep. you know, buckle up. We're in for an interesting tale here. I think um, it all depends on uh, if this game is playable or not, because Arkham Knight, the last Arkham game, uh, was not when it first came out. So hopefully they can avoid those problems. Then, another game that I know you're interested in here, Cyber. New Tales from the Borderlands for PlayStation 4 and 5, Sexbox, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, I, I really liked the first Tales from the Borderlands. So Yeah. I'm probably going to have to pick this one up. Uh, you are... This is this is taking place after Borderlands 3, so we've got the expansion off of Pandora and, and that system into the wider Borderlands universe. That's good, because like, you know, we've we had the Tiny Tina game after Borderlands 3 came out, but it's not necessarily or it didn't at least show us much of anything post Borderlands 3, so this is our chance to get some more lore of what's going on in the Borderlands universe. Yeah, considering that the first Tales from the Borderlands was very essential to the branching story between the plot. I don't know, my brain stopped there, I'm sorry. Yeah, they definitely used the characters and such in Borderlands afterward, and so that's nice. It's like, it's not just a third-party, non-canon basic game, it's actually something interesting, and so it gives you a way to be in the Borderlands universe outside of just shooting and killing everyone. Yeah, it's it's nice that it's tied in and relevant and, and not just a side story, but a side story that has purpose and weight and incorporation to it. Yeah, like, so hopefully it doesn't involve Handsome Jack. As awesome as Handsome Jack is, he was in Borderlands 2 and he was heavily in the last Tales of Borderlands game. Really well, but... We're ready to move on at this point. <laughs> We're ready yeah. To move on, yeah. Which like I mean that it felt like a good conclusion after his original conclusion, but let's not have a third conclusion happen. Yeah, I think we're probably not going to see that just based off of what we see here. Um it, it, it's um within the perpetually war-torn metropolis of Promethea, you'll control Anu, Octavio, and Fran on the worst day of their lives, to which I say Wise. When are you not ever playing as someone on the worst day of their lives in a Borderlands game? Let's be honest. What? When did they bring Vera into Borderlands? Okay, stop. Uh, the next game coming out Friday is Persona 5 Royal getting its PlayStation 5, Xbox, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC release coming off of the PS4 and getting uh, put into everything else. And of course, with it being... PS5 Royal, it is the quote-unquote definitive edition with all the different crap, all the uh, all the add-ons and whatnot. Uh, Royal has so many uh, quality of life updates yeah. that there's basically no reason to play the original 5, besides that it's was a free PS Plus game, yeah. and so... <laughs> if you're willing... To... That, that, that always disappointed me. I'm just like, I want to play Royal, but only... I mean, I only have the original version. Yeah, if you're willing to drop money on Persona, then this is the Persona to drop money on. Otherwise, me not wanting to drop money, yeah, I have Persona 5. I think 
Wasn't Persona 5 Royal one of the PlayStation bonuses, I thought? Or is it literally just the regular Persona 5? Just, just the regular, I'm pretty sure. That's mildly disappointing. I, I Again, I uh, accepted they, it, but they, never downloaded it. They did that it. often. Well, it, it yeah. was one of the games on the, like, did you buy a PlayStation 5 early? Here's free games type of pack, which not a lot of people could take advantage of, to be to be honest. I sh- Actually, it wasn't getting it early. It's just, it's just still there. Like that's how I played God of War. Yep. Which it does feel weird being like, oh yeah, I want to buy God of War Ragnarok, even though I haven't bought God of War yet. But you played it, so. Yeah, but like getting a physical version of God of War Ragnarok, I feel like I should get a physical version of God of War too. Well, wait for at some point. Look for a, I mean, I still don't have a physical <laughs> version. <laughs> Wait for it to go on sale. I think it's already probably cheap. Yeah, but, I mean, Horizon Forbidden West is currently on sale, but it's on sale for $20 off, which means that it still costs, like, 60 bucks. So is that really a worthwhile sale for a game that I already own digitally and just want to have a physical copy of? Now I'm going to wait for it to be cheaper. Same thing with God of War. Yeah, it's gone on sale, but has it ever gone on sale at a price that's worth having it when you already ha- have it digitally. I could probably go to GameStop right now and find God of War for PS4 for like 20 or less bucks. True. If you're going for the PS4 version, yeah, that's that's a good point. Do they even have a PS5 version? It's on PS5. I don't know if it actually has a PS5 version. I think they just did a you-can-play-it thing now that you mention it. Either way. Yeah. Uh, Those are the upcoming releases for this coming week. Let us know if there are any of these games that you are interested in picking up or you think we should pick up. Um, I mean, we are definitely getting to the holiday crazy every game I ever wanted is releasing time. This week is crazy to me. Yeah, it's it's only going to get more crazy as time gets closer to the holiday season, too. Yeah. I was checking the new Tales from the Borderlands. It has a deluxe edition, but all it is is just both the Tales of the Borderlands games. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just like, well, how much extra does that cost? Is it worth it compared to just buying the two separately if you still don't have the first one? And what are the chances that you don't have the first one at this point, honestly? Yeah, it's like, if you don't have the first one, you probably shouldn't be playing the second one. Go play the first one first. It's cheaper so you can tell if you even like the concept of the game. Yep. I mean, what's interesting about this is this the the, the new Tales from the Borderland is, is put out by 2K and Gearbox. The first one was back when Telltale was still around. It's a, it's a Telltale game. So it'll be interesting to see with this new one if Gearbox can properly replicate what Telltale did. I have a feeling I'm pretty confident they're going to pull it off. So I was looking at the character, uh, the bios information. Yeah, the bios and Fran sounds awesome. Fran is not. Fran is mad. You'd be mad too. Some Malawan jackhole shot a laser through your small business. She looks like she belongs in a diner. That is most likely what her small business is. I totally want to play as her. Yeah, it definitely one hundred percent. I promise you that her small business was a fifties style diner, and that's awesome. Uh, and uh, uh, my words. That was a noise. My words stopped. That was zombie kill of the week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
continuing the trend of news items, let's do the weekly bomb next. Uh, I'm going to do mine real quick. Um, I don't think we'll talk about it nearly as much as we'll probably talk about the one that you've submitted here, Zyber. So, I'll point out there was an article put out by uh, digitalspy.com reporting on the fact that CD Projekt Red has announced that they are working on a host of new games in the Witcher and Cyberpunk 2077 franchises. Uh, what has been announced here by CD Projekt Red is that they will have three new Witcher games um, to, to be released within a six-year period. Um, they not, have not even announced any details of what these games are. They still have working titles that are Project Polaris, Project Sirius, and Project Canis Major Majoris, which of course are all uh, constellations stars. or stars. Oh, constellations. Constellation stars, uh, heavenly objects, whatever. Uh, so it's actually, it says that the second and third game are set to be released within a six-year period. So I'm guessing from when the first game is released, not from right now. Yes, that is a good clarification that I sort of brushed over. Thank you for that. Um, they did say... It, one thing I would like to point out, and this is awesome and I did not know this, that CG Projects... Boston studio is called the Molasses Flood, and I think that is spectacular. I love, I love that because of how slow it is. Well, no, because of the <laughs> famous Boston Molasses Flood that happened back. Oh. Um, I think that's it. Killed people. It did kill people. That is a cheeky name for a Boston-based studio. Um, they have not. The only thing that they've really released is that the a third party team is is what is working on a new story driven open world RP, RPG that is the uh Canis Majoris project. So actually CD Project Red is only working on two of those, one being being helmed by the Molasses Flood Boston based team, one being helmed by their standard team, and one that is being worked on by a third-party team. So is CD Projekt Red known for anything outside of The Witcher and Cyberpunk? Not... Per like, did they make anything else? Um, they run GOG, good old games. Uh, okay. So, there's, there's that. Because, like, you know, they, they had that third game announcement you're describing, and I'm just like, oh, so... The same thing, but different IP, I guess. No, I, I, I believe all three of those are, in fact, supposed to be within the Witcher uh, franchise, within the Witcher IP, according to the announcement that, Cyber that they made. Cyberpunk? And then, no, Cyberpunk is the fourth thing that they're working on. Oh, gosh. Because they have, of course, there's the Cyberpunk 2077 expansion pack, Phantom Liberty, that is coming out here very shortly. Um, I still can't decide if I want to buy the game and try it out or not. I, I still am waiting for a, a good sale to, to pick it up. Do, like, do they have a PS5 version, or is it just playing PS4 on PS5? It's playing PS4 on PS5. Um, I mean, apparently it plays well. That's what I've heard. Uh, and and they've they it's it's the whole you know sea of three sea of thieves no man's sky etc bad launch game is good now does that help with the bad press that you originally got situation 
even even before that, I wasn't sure if I would even you know like that kind of game. Uh, Cyberpunk is right up my alley. It's just that one, <laughs> once the launch was so terrible, I I backed out. Oh, it's all wait. Oh, okay. So they said that uh, PS Five and Xbox Series X. Oh no, of The Witcher Three was announced two years ago, and they still haven't. Yes. Made. Okay. Yes. Um. the The final project, Project Orion is a full sequel to Cyberpunk 2077. What's interesting about this is they had initially planned a like cavalcade of ooh, pardon me, a cavalcade of of DLCs for 2077. Now they're just releasing one DLC and making a new game. And I don't know if that's because they started ideas on a DLC and then it turned out that everything that they were putting together for it would work better as a full sequel kind of That's feasible. We know plenty of games that have done that. Yeah kind of along the lines of what we've seen in history or if they're just straight from ground up being like no this is going to be a new game in the cyberpunk world uh pre-production has not begun on it but they have announced it also in the same big announcement that cd project was talking about they said they would like to add multiplayer to quote most of their upcoming titles and work on a third completely original IP currently codenamed Project Hadar. So that's interesting because CD Projekt has not done multiplayer at all in their entire history, in their entire um, lineup. So we'll see what they do going forward to implement multiplayer into their titles, whether it will work out well. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about them wanting to do multiplayer cyber because we're kind of running out of really good single player focused games if they start doing that i think it depends because like you know do they mean add multiplayer like the original ps3 xbox 360 generation where a bunch of games just tacked on multiplayer pvp stuff or do they mean like literally actually trying to make it a multiplayer game where you need to work together to do stuff or is it something like just allowing people to be able to be in the same game and do stuff you know i mean kind of like borderlands in that fashion you don't necessarily need to play multiplayer but like you can do it if you enjoy playing with other people yeah what what does add multiplayer mean does it mean co-op does it mean competitive is it asynchronous is it what you said where it's hey we're just gonna tack on a multiplayer mode to this otherwise single-player experience. Like a lot of the, as you said, the, the early stuff where it was just like, this doesn't need to be here and it's not fun. Why did we do this? <laughs> well, you know, some of them liked it so much that they got rid of the single-player part afterward. Uh, yeah. Fortnite. I know. I'm unhappy <laughs> about it still. Um, so uh, no, it's still questionable, though, because based on Halo Infinite, it could be really hard to get multiplayer to work in an open-world game. Apparently. Oh, you may. <laughs> um, but overall, the fact that we are seeing CD Projekt coming out strong, I mean, the renewal of interest into Cyberpunk coming off of the Edge of Cyberpunk Edge Runners, the anime on uh, Netflix, um, the fact that they have made 2077 playable it's nice to see that they're back at it again and uh, making more games and we'll be going so that that part at least is good um this is also very early in the announcement period so we don't we just don't have a lot of information to go on so overall i mean it's news 
Yeah, like this isn't necessarily the look every look gamers. This is a game we're coming out with. Like this is more of the this is like this is the business investors. Yeah, like this is the investors. All right, so this is the stuff that we're trying to work on. So they're not really announcing that these games exist. They're they're, they're just they've announced that the projects exist. They don't. They have not yeah. announced any actual games existing. So yeah. So who knows when we'll actually see any information about any of these. It's probably going to be a while. I promise you we will not see it until at least after the DLC for Cyberpunk 2077 has had its moment to shine. Well, that would be hopeful. It's like, I remember Final Fantasy XV had the issue where they decided to can the rest of the DLC that they had. And so eventually they wrote a book that just included the story that they weren't able to put into the game. Since they had already done work on it. Yeah, speaking and also like it felt really incomplete. Hey, Zyber, speaking of uh, canning things, let's talk about your news item. <sighs> okay, so for those not in the know who haven't been listening to our podcast for the past two months or so, people are really hating cartoons right now. <laughs> it's really depressing. So, um, Discovery, I believe, purchased Warner Brothers, or they they merged together. They merged. And and so, there is this new person in charge, and their plan is to cancel a bunch of shows, get rid of a bunch of shows that were on their streaming services so that they're no longer watchable legally anywhere. They never had, like, physical releases or anything, something like that. And so, a lot of this hit... Like, it was almost all cartoons that were hit by this. We had Cartoon Network and Warner Brothers stuff hit. And so, even more recently, they had decided that they're not going to continue certain Cartoon Network shows like Craig of the Creek, which I actually just recently saw a few, like, episodes of. I'm just like, holy crap, this show is amazing. It's, I wish yeah, it's I, fun. Like, I, when I first heard about it, when it first was, like, you know, coming out, I'm just like, eh, I don't know, because also I didn't watch that much cartoons but yeah i was watching it's like oh man this would have been really fun to keep up with but now it's gonna be canceled so there's not gonna be any more of it and not even just canceled but entirely buried yep and so now what we're finding out is that they're they are merging the cartoon network studios animation studio with the warner brothers animation studio so they're technically still going to be separate teams, but this is going to make it so that the Cartoon Network studio no longer has any control over what they do. And the Cartoon Network studio was the studio that was making these unique shows. Warner Brothers was making the old IPs, like they were doing the Teen Titans Go, other DC-related stuff, the, the Hanna-Barbera stuff. And so... Like, so what we're getting out of this is that they're canning all the unique stuff that they had. They, like, they got rid of the ones that existed. They're getting rid of the ones that were currently running. And they're most likely going to stop any new unique shows from existing from now on. More than likely what they're going to do is mine the nostalgia and just take old IPs and revamp quote-unquote revamp, just re-release them, essentially, instead of putting money into investing in new talent, new ideas. So there was already an issue, like, just five-plus years ago, where Cartoon Network seemed like it was 
almost entirely Teen Titans Go, yep. w- which is terrible. You should never have just a single show fill up all of your space. Cough, cough, Nickelodeon, SpongeBob, cough. Same problem, honestly. Yeah. I, yeah. What, I, what, what you brushed over here in this article that I think is an important thing to notice on is uh, Warner Brothers Television Group, who Cartoon Network has been owned by Warner Brothers for a, a while now, um, they laid off 82 scripted, unscripted, and animation employees and are not filling 43 vacant positions. That is 125 positions, which were 26% of the company's workforce in these units. Gone. They're just they're a quarter of their team, a quarter of that entire division. Just, nope, we're done. It is very... This is just very terrible news for anyone that works in animation like they're they're just finding out that their livelihood is just disappearing yep all because of this merger between warner brothers and uh discovery where the president of discovery is who took over in the merger there and is 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 ruining it and i I, we've already seen discovery went way downhill because it's a bunch of weird pseudo reality tv show garbage oh yeah and, like, the only reason that we have Discovery is just for the Food Channel-related stuff. Yeah, and this is also the same merger that so dramatically affected HBO, uh, Max, and all of that, all the animation and shows that were on there, also owned by the Warner Group, Time Warner. Um, this is just more fallout of them killing shows and not like oh it's canceled but uh it's canceled it'll never air again you can't find it online anywhere and we never released it so these shows for all intents and purposes never existed and the yeah. the livelihood of these people who worked on these shows gone the creative effort that these show creators and showrunners put into it gone they can't you know they can't they can't even do anything with the shows that they created because it's not theirs it's it's it is uh, Discovery slash H- or WB or whatever. is their show that they decided they're just going to keep locked away so that nothing can happen with it. For tax write-off purposes. Yeah. And so so there is a third animation studio called Hanna-Barber Studios Europe that is not being merged, but I honestly don't know what they do because when I look up the current running programs for Cartoon Network, um, Hanna-Barber Studios isn't doing anything currently the last thing i could see is that they did the amazing world of gumball yeah uh according that ended in 2019 yeah the uh wikipedia page for hannah barbary for hannah barbara studios europe lists their filmography as the amazing world of gumball the heroic quest of the valiant prince ivando elliot from earth more gumball wacky races uh powerpuff girls the re-release foster's home for imaginary friends again an upcoming re-release oh man okay so i mean hopefully those are actually half well yeah they probably are happening because they're ips that existed a long time ago actually oh my gosh i feel so old yeah (laughs) but that's that's these those are the only things for the studio in europe that um is continuing to operate independently from Warner Brothers Animation Cartoon Network Studios, who have been, uh, for all intents and purposes, merged. Or, yeah, c- so quote-unquote, consolidated. So if I do look at the currently 
uh, current running programs. We have Craig of the Creek, which is ending. Summer Camp Island, which honestly I've never heard of. And Wee Baby Bears, which is disappointing because Wee Baby Bears was amazing, but the creator is no longer involved in this spinoff. And let's, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Well, Wee Bear Bears was pretty good. Wee Baby Bears, not good. No, I mean, I didn't care for the Baby Bear episodes in Wee Bear Bears, so I want nothing to do with this. Yeah. Also, because the creator wasn't involved, it's just like, it's not going to be the same thing. And, uh, it wasn't. Otherwise, we have Teen Titans Go, for some reason, still going on nine years later. And Gosh. half the time and, uh, is the only thing that they have on their program lineup for the TV show. Yeah. And then Looney Tunes cartoons, because they decide to make new one of those which you know isn't necessarily a bad thing but when that's the only stuff happening like i mean it's kind of confusing what they're trying to do here it's like is it a nostalgia thing like is it trying to get like parents to force their kids to watch the show that they used to watch when they were kids it's the fact that these are pre-existing ips that money was already put into so they don't have to sink more money into it they already own it well hopefully they're not just gonna rehash the same like episodes they might oh they 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 didn't with the first powerpuff girls reboot although that was terrible in a way and i'm kind of curious as well i like at this point i'm just waiting with bated breath to hear the announcements of how they're about to gut the adult swim team with all of the stuff that they have there because that's yeah i would not be surprised yeah that's time warner as well that's cartoon network that's that's on the chopping block so we'll see how that shakes down overall Absolutely, 100%, no doubt about it, this is a bomb. This is terrible. And it just keeps getting worse as we get more news items. So I'm looking at the upcoming programming, and it's it's hilarious that they have the Powerpuff Girls' second reboot. (laughs) Second reboot. Because it is the second reboot, not even counting the anime. I got a headache because of this. <laughs> Let's talk about and something then, cool instead. Like, unless do you have okay. any more that you have to say about this, because I'm just kind of like upset now. Well, I am confused. Like, what was the Amazing World of Gumball the series? Is that just they're like coming back to it after it was ended? I don't know. Sadly, I'm not that much into cartoons. I say sadly, but it's probably a good thing, especially at this point. <laughs> It is, oh, yeah. it is set to return. It is set to return as a movie and a rebooted or at least returned series. Whether or not it's a reboot remains to. I'm pretty be sure the movie was announced even before the original series ended. It's just, you know, same thing with uh, Adventure Time. Like, they never did. They never even did. Yeah, I don't think they ever did that movie, did they? <laughs> Unless they did one of those, like, it's a movie, but really it's split up into four episodes of the show, but that's a movie. Things. Could be. Uh, Amazing, yeah, The Amazing World of Gumball Return is, again, handled by the Hanna-Barbera Studios Europe. And the announcement, at least according to this article that I pulled up here, it was back in uh, September of last year that this was announced. So. So hopefully it's still happening. Hopefully. Because we'll yeah, that was a good show. Yeah, it, was a, it was a pretty fun show. We'll find out. Um, yeah, I got I got nothing else to do here as I ever... Let's... <laughs> can, we, can we talk about the album of the week instead? 
Yeah, because it was my album. It so. was. My album of the week was A Fever You Can't Sweat Out by Panic at the Disco. At the Disco. Ow. So, yep, this is the the first album, to my knowledge, from Panic at the Disco, and is like very much my teenagerhood. Teenagerhood. I mean, yeah, like, they had a bunch of the songs on the radio, listened to it all the time. You know, like, I play, I played this album, the full album, and it's like, oh, I only didn't recognize, like, maybe three of the songs. I mean, it is hard to remember or recognize them from the titles, because the titles have they're, absolutely nothing they're, to do with. They're Fall Out Boy titles, or not Fall Out Boy, they're Panic at the Disco titles. I mean, Fall Out Boy does the same does, thing. They do do the same smaller, thing. Smaller, at least. Here's a weird sentence. Um, yeah, Fever You Can't Sweat Out, Zyber, since you didn't pull it up, I'll pull it up for you. It was the debut album by Panic at the Disco. Came out in 2005. So that... This actually came out after I had graduated from high school. Oh, you're so old. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. <laughs> we have slightly different experiences. But it was nice... To go back and listen to some uh, music from from that era, at least. I mean, the emo punk, emo pop uh, genre is just absolutely childhood ish. Well, teenage yeah. teenagehood, as you said. <laughs> Maybe I'll do my chemical romance next. Yeah, get some MCR. That's what I'm talking about. I like I liked listening to this. There were a lot of songs that I actually didn't recognize, and a handful that I did recognize. But again, I was just a slightly different scene. Uh, at that time for me. Um, the, the titles are absurd. The music itself <laughs> right. is fun. I love... I love Panic! at the Disco's, like, complicated lyrical structure. They, like, have a lot of interesting rhythms and interesting word choice in general. <laughs> Their syncopation is unique. Um, that's what really has them stand apart from a lot of the other emo pop bands of the of the time uh, I mean, you can have the lyrics memorized and still might not understand any of it yeah any yeah but well, it's so much fun to sing to though like the one song near the end of the album that one of the words in the chorus is caricature like who does that crazy <laughs> i love it i mean like even you know the popular one uh all right, since not tragedies. Yeah, right since not tragedies, they're all like, uh, you know, I'm gonna take in poise and rationality, which could also sound like poison to me. I just like I don't know if that's on purpose or. A lot of people misheard it that way. I promise you. Oh yeah, and a lot of it. All it does remind me similar, and I I haven't looked it up because I'm don't care. But there's a lot of similarity between Panic at the Disco and Ludo, for example, with that. That sound and that more interesting lyrical structure. Now I'm kind of curious. When was Ludo? Let me Google that. When was Ludo invented? When was Ludo invented? Um, let's see. 1896. That doesn't sound correct at all. Apparently it's a version of a cheesy. Well, Ludo is... Well, their name the the band Ludo is named after the character Ludo from Labyrinth. Oh, but the term Ludo is just basically like old 
Latin-ish or whatever for, like, play. You know, like, <laughs> games, like so, plays. So this board game is called Ludo because it's a board game. Yeah. Well, it's like Cluedo, which may or may not have some connection to Ludo, now that I'm thinking about it linguistically. That's kind of interesting. Anyways, the or band... Play-Doh. The band Ludo, years active 2003 to 2012, um, their breakout album uh, was self-titled in August of 2003, but the, the was their debut album. But the real big breakout was Broken Bride, the EP that came out in 2005. And then, of course, their big song is Love Me Dead. Which was in uh, 2008. So they're pretty contemporaneous with Panic! at the Disco. It's hard to tell exactly who would have inspired who at that point. Or if they happened to come Maybe up with it separately. they inspired each other. Or they, yes, inspired each other. Who knows? Um, this is a good album choice, Cyber. I, I had fun with this one. There, were, there was not a lot to really dig into and break down like some of the other ones. But that's because I have already been exposed to some of this and have a little bit of... <laughs> Just like, yeah, I'm going to sit here and listen to this. I don't need to think too hard about it because it's just good music. You know what I mean? Like, I also like how it's one of the few albums I listen to that, you know, it has an intro and a middle song interlude. Yeah, the interlude. (laughs) Like, some, very few, sometimes they have one song merge into the next with the sound and such. I think they'd only do that once. But anyway, like, that's stuff that I'm just like, yeah, I'm not used to actually hearing that and albums i listen to so like concept album type stuff as opposed to just here's music yeah here's a bunch of singles that we came up with that we just put into an album for you guys yeah it was it was a good choice i i appreciated it looking forward to listening to kebby's pick for next week's album of the week yeah kebby is not a guest so we don't get to ask her what it is on the show nope but we'll find out, and we'll listen, and we'll talk about it. It'll be great. Sure. Yes. Definitely. Maybe. Let's move on to some Bomber's Notebook questions, because it has been, like, two months since <laughs> we've, we've answered any. Sure. Uh, we might have answered some a month ago. I don't know. Whatever. Ask me a question, and I will answer it. All right. Here is a question from Werdna, which I have had in here for a long time wanting to answer. What is a job you've had in a dream? So not a, not what is your dream job. What is a job you've dreamed about performing? Yeah. No, or just what is a job that you and that you had in, while you were dreaming? Like you were in a dream. Did you ever have a job in a dream? Yeah, but it's always just the job that I am working or have worked in the past because it's just a stress dream about working. <laughs> Wow, I can honestly say that I've never dreamed of being in IT. You've never dreamed about work before? I mean, I have dreamed about working, but that was like, there was one point where I dreamed that I was working at a Pizza Hut and the Arby's and I think like one other thing. And there was a point where I was at one location being like, oh wait, crap, I'm scheduled for this other place. I need to go there right now. Hmm. Yeah. But no, I've never dreamed about, I mean, in general, I haven't dreamed about my actual real life stuff since high school. Like, I've never had dreams about being in college. Instead, I would have dreams about, oh, it turns out that I didn't actually, like, 
graduate class in high school and so even though i have a degree from college i need to go back to high school and take a test too <laughs> i i have 100 percent had dreams about like oh no i didn't technically finish high school i've got to go back and, and finish class i hate those they're so i wake up confused and, and a little bit stressed oh out. yeah yeah although like for me it's mostly that i like start the dream while i'm taking the test and then i finish it and then the rest of the dream is just me exploring a high school which is like a really complex high school and i love exploring complex buildings so as far as like jobs and dreams i've definitely dreamed about like my sensor operator work in the military uh dream dreamed more about like commuting to work when it comes to a lot of the desk job type stuff more than dreaming about being at work uh but definitely definitely the sensor operator i'm always and like confused when i hear about people having dreams where like they actually do things i'm just like i have dreams where i go to places but never actually do anything <laughs> like i had a dream once where i brought my dog to school and then i was just like what do i do with her now because yep. like Guess the i can't take here. her in <laughs> like i couldn't bring her to school and i couldn't just let her loose i was like do i take her back home quick and then run back to the school without the dog what do i, what do, I do with this dog Oh, I've also had dreams where I, like, drove someplace, and then I walked back, and I'm just like, crap, I forgot that I drove there initially, now my car's there. Oh, no. Well, then you have to walk back to get your car. Yeah. How are you going I'm pretty to? sure those were dreams in not real life. It's the worst are the dreams where, you know, you, two months later, you, 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 you're thinking, is that a memory, or... Oh, dude, there was a that... point... There was a point in middle school where I would be dreaming about being in middle school and then the school's bell would wake me up. And then when I was in actual middle school, I would freak out when the bell rings. I'm just like, am I going to wake up now? Wild. I hated that. So That's much. terrifying. Um, so, so what? <laughs> thank you. Yeah, specifically, I'm, I'm going to ask the audience in general, but specifically, word now. What's a job you've had in a dream? Have you dreamed about anything other than a work that you have had in the past, or is it always just related to reality? Oh, there was one point where my friend dreamt that he was bringing people to the promised land. That was what? technically a job. <laughs> what? Yeah, he kept, like, coming to places and being all like, maybe this is the promised land, and it turned out not being, and they'd had to flee and, and such. And then apparently I woke him up right before he was about to get to the actual promised land. Or, or at least he thought he was about to get there, but let's yeah. be honest, it would have just ended up the same way. Yeah, but it was like, it was like you know, 10.30 on a Saturday. Wake up and hang out with me already. Screw the promised land. Screw your, prom your promised land is hanging out with me. I'm your promised land now. Promise that land. <laughs> Thank you, Wayne. Yeah. Next next question is from Rumor, and it is, "What's your favorite flavor of bacon, and why?" Favorite flavor of bacon? Um, probably applewood smoked for me. I think it does. It's just good for, uh, you know, sandwiches or just straight up eating, as opposed to most people like to go with the hickory. And that's kind of just played out. And mesquite uh, can occasionally be a little bit too strong of a flavor. Oh, I've never even heard of mesquite ones. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, mesquite wood gives a very strong smoke. 
Whereas your apple wood, or even a cherry wood, though you're generally more often going to find an apple wood. Yeah, that that's one I usually hear about. Yeah. I really like, like, the cinnamon sugar, like, bacon, like, the really thick slabs. Like candy bacon? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. You generally have to, like, make candied bacon more than it's just ready to go buy it at the store. Well, I guess that I does mean, count as a flavor, just, though. You just, you just buy bacon, to, and you, yeah. He just tells what, what your, f- your favorite flavor is, not. But there's a point where. There's a point where Haley's mom was making it for a dip, and uh, <laughs> and so she, like, you know, baked it and was cutting it, and I just took a piece of it by itself. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't need the dip. I just need this bacon. This is this is for me now. And All then, right. related to that question that Rumor asked is a question from Manel Thane. Would you rather have the power to make anything you ate taste like bacon, or the power to get free fast food wherever you go? So, like, you could have, you could eat the most healthiest of stuff because it tastes like bacon now and you're fine with that. Or you could just, you just get free fast food, which, I mean, you could still be healthy if you go to places with healthy fast food. Well, (laughs) somewhere. It's the power to get, now, is it the power to go to a fast food restaurant and they give you free food? Or is it like, I'm in the middle of the desert, I would like some free fast food and it just shows up for free because that, I mean, that's hmm. an important distinction isn't it <laughs> that that is yeah dang i mean I'd, I'd go with either of those i'd rather do that than the bacon one because i mean as good as bacon is like i mean the biggest thing for me is that i care more about the texture than the taste when dealing with things i don't normally like so i don't know how this power would affect that yeah, like, does I'm... it actually make it taste like the texture and taste of bacon, or is it just bacon-flavored lettuce? In which case, no, then no, if... thank you. Well, I, depending on the lettuce you get, it could still be crispy, which could at least maybe trick you into thinking that it's bacon. But if it's okay, like, but a... like every lettuce in existence is iceberg, apparently. So yeah, or you get like, yeah, let me just—I'm gonna eat tripe that tastes like bacon, but it still chews like tripe. G- gross. <laughs> Bacon-flavored bubble gum. Bacon flavored bubble gum. Or if you're stuck in the desert and you chose that power instead of the get free fast food power, at least you have some bacon flavored dirt. Yeah, which still isn't nutritious it's for you. Not going to help you now. Like fast food might not be nutritious, but at least it's calories that you can consume. So yeah. yeah. So if it's if it's get free fast food wherever you go, meaning. Literally, wherever I am, I get free fast food. Yes. If it's get free fast food at a fast food restaurant that I go to. Um, I would still say yes. <laughs> probably. You could save a lot of money. But you, I still have to pay for the food that tastes like bacon. This is free food. Yeah. And like if the point is to make healthy food taste like bacon, healthy food is still expensive. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you you yeah, can't yeah. just only eat celery. Unless uh, <laughs> unless you're quote-unquote healthy food and you just have, like, nutrition nu- nutrient paste that gives you everything that you need to live and nothing more, but oh, happens like to taste like bacon. Yeah, like bacon-flavored Huel, yeah. That would that would still that would not, not be getting me to drink Huel anymore. <laughs> and does it count of, does it, it says anything you ate, specifically ate, so things that you are drinking don't count. And then you got to ask questions like, do you eat applesauce or drink applesauce? And that kind of... Uh, that sounds like a nightmare. You're trying to drink 
water and it's just turning into bacon somehow. Well, to be fair to the formation of the question, it is the power to make it taste like bacon, not everything you eat tastes like bacon. So if I That's don't, true. If I don't want to taste bacon, I can just not activate my power. So that makes it a little bit... I'm still going to go with... I'm still going with the free fast food one. Think the reverse of that. It's like, maybe I don't want to buy... Or maybe I don't want free fast food. Maybe I want to buy fast food. Stop for... No. No. no I, I <laughs> always want it, it for yeah. free. <laughs> it's not like he's a starving artist or anything like that. Although I guess uh, if we tie Rumor's question into it, at least there are multiple different flavors of bacon that you're making things taste like. No, I still want uh, free fast food. I mean, but that's that's I mean that's bacon with flavor and not actual bacon. Flav- <laughs> yeah, flavor. Nah, I'm so, going for the I'm going for the yeah. fast food on that. Yeah, I mean you could just just get free bacon. <laughs> So, Zyber, one last thing before we wrap up. A very, very short minutes recap. Tying it into your story from earlier. I went to a Hocus Pocus 2 watch party on Saturday. Yeah. And and one of the things that was happening was a, uh, like, baking competition. So I made some pumpkin crumb cake. Yeah. A pumpkin like dessert dip with pumpkin chips. The pumpkin crumb cake. I was making it. It called for some softened or melted butter, and I was warming up my oven, uh, you know, to bake the crumb cake. So I was like, "Well, uh-huh. let me just throw the butter in the oven here. It's hot. Let me let me melt it a little bit. Put it in a bowl and put it in there." And as I was putting the bowl in, a quarter stick of butter fell out of the bowl into the hot oven. Oh no. Which then? Oh no! Yeah. I so I I was like, uh oh, um, um, what do I do? So the answer was, the answer was, get the butter out of there as best as possible. Which took long enough that a bunch of it had melted to the bottom of the oven, and I was like, well, the one I need to cook this, bake this cake. Two, the oven is already very hot and will take a while to cool off. So, guess I'll just turn on the vent fan and open all the windows and burn the butter out of this oven. Oh my, oh no. <laughs> so that's what I did. Oh, that's when you just wear the hot pan pad and equip a paper towel and dab like your life depends on it. I, there was, it was not. Dab the paper <laughs> towel, not dab emote. Dab, dab with a paper towel. So, uh, needless to say, my house smelled like burnt butter for the rest of the day, which I was kind of fine with because I left the house to go to the watch party. (laughs) Yeah. Hocus Pocus 2. I enjoyed it. It's campy, but that's kind of the point. It it was not a good movie, per se, but it (laughs) it was... Oh, an entertaining I absolutely experience. loved the mayor. He was introduced, and in his introduction, I'm just like, I just turned to Haley and I go, I love this guy. Yeah, that was... The only issue I really had was the people just getting witch powers and getting rid of the, you know, devil contract kind of stuff that definitely was... Well, yeah, they, in the first movie. they attempted to do a, like, oh, well, not all, you know, witch, witchery and witchcraft isn't 
by its nature bad and evil, you know, modern idea of paganism and, and Wicca and all that kind of stuff. But it was like, uh, according to the universe of Hocus Pocus, yeah, that's what witchcraft is. It's devil yeah. magic. So that's, it, that's what it was, especially in, I mean... <laughs> The, the was, one older witch smelling her, her up and be like, power. Yeah, so, again, it was an entertaining film. Maybe not necessarily a good film. At least they brought back all three of the original Sanderson sisters, and you could tell that the three of them were just having a blast and having fun. Oh, yeah. like I was very impressed time. by them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, just the... I was happy with the initial... That singing they did, and the girls just like, who are they performing to? You. <laughs> they are performing to the audience, honestly. <laughs> well, yes, but yeah, like I have fun with it. It's probably not going to be the cult classic, watch every year kind of thing like the first one. Kind of forced itself to be honestly. But... <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> but it was still fun to watch at least once. Yeah, basically. Goodbye. Okay, bye. Thank you.